Welcome to the Training Ground Guru podcast in association with Huddle. In every episode, we bring you insights into the teams behind the teams in professional football. Coming up on today's episode. For me, were fantastic and unforgettable moments. Uh, I still believe is the best. There are a, a, a number of coaches that are um, at the same level, but I don't think they are better than him. I still believe uh, in him the same way I believed 20 years ago. I'm Simon Austin, and for this month's episode, I've been speaking with Rui Farrier. In my opinion, Rui is one of the most important coaches of the last 20 years. He first teamed up with Jose Mourinho at the tiny Portuguese club Leria in 2001. For the next 17 years, they were side by side, winning at least one trophy per season, including league titles in Portugal, England, Italy and Spain, and two Champions Leagues. Rui has hardly ever given an interview before, so I was very excited to be able to talk to him about the experiences gained during his career. Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast, Rui. My pleasure, my pleasure. Thank you for your invitation. I've, actually, I've been very keen to speak with you for a long, long time. Um, and you've hardly ever done any interviews, have you? It's very hard to do any research. Oh, it's true, it's true. I've, I've always been uh, a very low profile. Um, because I always thought that uh, I should be focused in, in my work and my work was not about uh, coming out and speak too much. I prefer to reflect more about what I do than to speak loud about what I do. So um, that's why I never give too many interviews and uh, honestly, I never need it. And uh, you provocate me a little bit to come and speak uh, yeah. a, a bit about my experience, and I'm happy to do it, no problem. Yeah. Just to share with people, we actually first met on the pro license course, didn't we, when you were doing a talk for the English FA? Yes, yes. Um, was, uh, was good, was very good. It's always a very good experience to, to, to speak with people, to, to listen their views, um, new people arriving to to some with a lot of years already in the, in the business but uh, new people with new ideas and it's always nice to hear what uh, what they have to say and also uh, give my views and uh, give a little bit of my experience and um, that in the end uh, a long experience or large experience in different countries with uh, different cultures but uh, experience that uh, can help people or minimum give them uh, an idea of uh, maybe some problems that they could face and that um, my feedback would help uh, could help solve those those problems and are you still living in the uk at the moment yes i live i live in uk yes yes since uh, 2013 yeah. when we returned from uh, to, to, to the UK after Real Madrid, we, we returned to Chelsea and I, I, I'm settled in the UK, yes. I wondered, first of all, if we could go right back to your education. So before you even got involved in football, what did you study and how did you come to be involved in football? Uh, you know, um, I, I uh, you know, since I was... Uh, 
a kid, I, I was in love by, by sports and uh, I played football. But I never arrived to a high level um, of, uh, of, uh, of football. So I played and uh, like I said before, I was in love with, with football. So I wanted to do something in life uh, connected with, uh, with sports. And so since I was really young, I wanted to do uh, sports science and, and um, special because of football also. So, um, so I, I start by doing that. So I, I knew I could not be involved by, by playing it um, because I'll never arrive to a top of, of, uh, of, of, of the game. So I, I decided to study. I went to university and I did sports science. Um, my course is, was also to be a, a teacher. So it's a, it's a sports science degree with a specialization in, in high performance football. So it's really, really um, aiming the, the coaching and training. And, um, and it's what I did. So it's, it's with that that I, I start uh, my steps in football at a, a professional level um, come from there. I think one of the things I'll come back to quite a lot in this interview is the tactical periodization. Yeah. Did you study that in your education and did you come into contact with Vita Frade? Yes, look, uh, um, tactical periodization is, is uh, basically, so I, I was telling you about the, the past. So I'm uh, uh, the first contact uh, I have with tactical periodization and with Vitor Frad is in the third year of, of, of the course where we start the, um, the specialization in football. So uh, this is where we have methodology and this methodology we had, uh, I had as a, as a teacher, Vitor Fra. Uh, at the time, I, I, it's important to say that I believe there are two tactical periodizations. And I explain you what I want to mean with this. So the, the first moment I contact uh, and I listen to speak about tactical periodization by Vitor Fra is, was still not the methodology that is today. So there was, concepts about uh, specificity, about uh, model of play, about, uh, you know, a, a change of, of priority in a question of, of uh, team's preparation. So because the only, the only periodization that, was, uh, that, that you could bring to football normally is, was uh, um, a lot of uh, a fitness periodization, so a physical the physical dimension of the game. So what you could find mainly was this. So the idea in that classroom and, and was a discussion every, every lesson was to, to say and to speak about the, this new way of approaching the preparation in a team. So that was tactical, but tactical understand and you need to understand it as a culture. So as the idea the coach has, to uh, the way he wants to play football. So his vision of uh, his playing style, if you want to call it like that. I would call it game idea, basically. So uh, is, that is your priority. And when you start periodizing the, the training, what you need to periodize is, is these ideas. Then everything comes under this important perspective. So in the fifth year, uh, because we couldn't get information 
written anywhere. Uh, we couldn't also see uh, people working the way uh, we are speaking in the class. So you have no information apart of what we are listening in the class. And the ideas were a bit um, free, you know, like uh, not a completely, not a met a organized methodology. This is not a critic, it's what it was at the time. Um, then I believe is still the only thesis made in the 50 years mine who tries to, to justify scientifically the, the, the concept of tactical periodization. The concept belongs to Vitor Frado, of course. Um, and as, as students, we wanted more, uh, especially me. So in this moment, what I have is uh, information about the concept, but I couldn't find anything to justify that. And the only possibility I had was to go to the pitch and try to understand what the coaches were doing and at the same time try to justify it scientifically. And the, 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 the way to justify it scientifically scientifically is going to some disciplines like philosophy where we could find uh, the, the, the theories for the study of uh, the analytic study of the things or the complexity or systemic study of, of things in society, everything that is, that is knowledge. So a moment where I have in my hands the work to be done in the fifth year that uh, uh, is to try to justify this concept. So I, I meet with uh, the coaches at the time playing in the, in the, pre, in the, in the, in the first league in Portugal, so like the Premier League, and, um, and, uh, and at the same time science, people, what people wrote about other concepts, uh, philosophy, justifying again systemic approach to, the, to knowledge, whatever. And is the moment after interviewing all the coach that I read in a sports Portuguese paper, an interview from Jose Mourinho at the time in, in Barcelona as Pangal assistant, where he speaks about how important is the coach to have a football idea, the way he wants to play, and how important it is he choose well the exercises he's going to use according with the way he wants to play. So uh, um, a, a very interesting uh, uh, interview that I thought to myself, I need to interview this guy because it's the, what he's saying here is very rich, so I believe it will be a very good in, uh, um, interview. And, uh, and so... I went uh, after interviewing uh, many coaches and even fitness coaches, and um, I, I went to, to to speak with him, and he gave me a very good interview. He was very nice uh, with me, to be fair, and um, and uh, and that's it. I did my work. I tried to justify it scientifically for the university. That year, the work finished being a scientific work for the university. And, um, and I remember to send uh, all uh, the, uh, send this work to the people, uh, to, to thank the people that, uh, that I interviewed. And he was the only guy who answered to me, uh, oh. saying, saying fantastic uh, work, you know, do your coach, coaching courses, maybe one day we work together. But at the time I was like 22 or 23. So it's, oh. it's a young student dream, you know, you, you think, oh, he's being nice with me. Can you remember that first time you met Jose then? So you travelled over to Barcelona to speak to him about your work at university? Yeah. 
Yes, um, you know, I, I had, uh, like I had objectives, concrete objectives to, to develop the work. So I, I had questions prepared to, to speak with him. And, um, and honestly, it was impressive, impressive, really impressive, because he had uh, already an experience and, uh, and uh, a knowledge on the game and on the process that was, was great for me. He, was, he became the central uh, interview in my, in my work because it was really uh, uh, completely different out of the, uh, outside of the box uh, at the time for, for in football, in my opinion. So, you know, um, was, I, was me trying to justify something that was also... Out, out of the box, you know, mm. with him also speaking about football in a way that um, this was also completely out of, out of the box. So uh, for me, it was, was really, really, really important and interesting. I never knew that uh, that, that interview and the, the work would take me where it took me in the end. And so how long was it before you then worked with him at Leria? And how did that come about that, that you worked no, with him? You know, when, um, when, when I finished the work in 99 and, uh, and we started working together. So I finished the work. I remember uh, the interview was uh, May, maybe May uh, 1999. And I started working January 2001. So uh, I would say around two years. Yeah. yeah. And um and so was was didn't took long. Was the time for him to stop being assistant in Barcelona, mm. and then he came to work in Benfica. He stayed there three months and was his option to leave. Uh, there was some problems at the time. Benfica changed president, and um, and of course uh, um, uh, there was some some you know how can i say some some um, different views in the in the in the process and he, he left benfica in december and january uh, so he left december 2000 and january 2001 he told me look i will coach we have three possibilities are you interested in, in work with me and i said yesterday not even not even today or tomorrow <laughs> yesterday you know, so, so I could follow the, the dream in, in a certain way and I, I would try to help him at the time. Of course, I, I didn't have loads of experience, but I had uh, loads of ideas and, uh, and knowledge and uh, theoric knowledge on, on, on something that I wanted to try and, uh, and uh, experiment and, you know, and, and get knowledge from it. And so was, uh, was this basically. So were you quite revolutionary in those days then because you're trying out new ideas for the first time? Yes, we are, we were really revol we I think we marked a lot uh, an era in, in football at the time. Today it's easy for you for you to go online and you get many information and videos you go on YouTube you can get uh, you can get loads of information. At the time there was not so much and um, and the way we are we we, we are working, of course, uh, the, the work we developed together was was really different than than the normal because teams in preseason uh, they normally used to to do a part of the session or most of the session was physical work. So you would come in the first day and you put a, a pair of, of pennies and 
and go for a run or, or on the beach or in the woods or even on the beach. And uh, you you do loads of fitness work and um, as a part of the preparation in the beginning of the season. And we, I remember that since the first day we arrived on the pitch with boots to, to play football. And that was immediately uh, a huge change. Even then you need to be careful because players, um, players had a, a culture uh, of, of, of this work, of the fitness work, a part of, of, um, of uh, the, the football. And, uh, and uh, they have beliefs, so you need to respect the beliefs. But at the time, I remember that uh, that was, was really, really different. And, um, and, uh, but we stick with it, even if there was moments where uh, it could happen up and, up and downs, we, we stick with it and we, we develop a, a great job. And, and with no doubt, was completely different than, uh, than the normal at the time. And how did the players respond to it at that time? You know, players is a little bit what I was trying to, to say before. Players are, uh, they had a mix of feelings, you know. Um, they have a mix of feelings because they, they, they are used to something. And, and as, as human beings, we are made of habits, you know. If uh, all your life, you, in the preseason, you did running and uh, gym and, and whatever, it, you could think about fitness work. Uh, they, for sure, that most of them, they have done it. So... So when you are used to that and comes people, comes a coach with a, with a different view and with different ideas, you, you, you start, you know, you have a bit of doubt how this is going to work. They enjoy it. First, they enjoy it because you are speaking about one, hour, one and a half hour of a session where normally they maybe do 45 minutes or 50 minutes of fit, fitness work. And then suddenly they come, they come and they, and they play for half an hour of the session, you know, or 15 minutes or 20 or whatever was, was missing to finish the session. And, and with us, they were playing for one and a half hour, you know, so you, you would have time to prepare them for the session. And after that, everything was, was about, uh, about playing football. So the motivation is high. And when they are feeling okay and they face other opponents and they feel good, they say, okay, it works. So they believe in the work. And this is about this, you know, because when you play football, I believe some people still believe that when you play football, you don't have fitness work. Uh, but it's there. But it's there under, uh, under uh, information of our brain. So it comes because you need to play football, you need to run and you need to jump and you need to do... If, if you know how to control the session and if you know how to control uh, the work you are doing, you can develop everything uh, by playing. I was going to say, you must have to plan the sessions very, very well because I've heard of some coaches who say they're doing tactical periodization, but they're not getting the physical outputs they need from the players. What brings the, 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 the exercise to the session is a football objective, not a fitness objective. And this is what people confuses a lot. People think sometimes that, okay, this day uh, in the pattern of, uh, of a week, this day is to develop uh, muscular tension or understood as the strength. So they create exercises and they put the fitness side in front of the reason why uh, the exercise should be on the pitch. As, as coaches, we always need to understand that each exercise that goes to your session 
they need to have a tactical objective, a principle or a sub-principle sub of the game. You want to develop uh, uh, behaviors in, in your players. Imagine this, a uh, defensive transition. You can develop it first by the thinking of the moment I lose the ball, I need to react to, 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 to get the ball back again. And you could do it in a situation where there is no full organization of the team. So in a 3v3 or 4v4 or again, whatever the exercise you, you prepare, or you can work it in an organized situation with the team shaped and, and uh, so depends on the day, depends on the objective of the day. But the reason why uh, uh, you put something, the session needs to be always uh, in, a, in, a, in a behavior you want for your team in the question of football. Then, of course, the exercise we will put on the pitch will have a physiological impact because, of, because it's a need. The fitness is a need of you do something in the question of football. Should be this way that we need to think because we are, again, speaking about football. Did you find that it was a meeting of minds with Jose straight away that you had very similar ideas on no, the game, no, training? No doubts. No doubts, no doubts. Was, uh, you know, like I said before, Jose had a huge experience already. I was a young uh, student finishing university. So uh, I had a lot of theory in my head, things to experiment. And um, so we mixed the information uh, I had plus his experience and uh, we developed together something, something great, you know. He had his, his way of, the, of seeing the, the, the exercises he wanted for, for his, his way of playing. And uh, with time, uh, you know, you start also giving your, your views on, on uh, and giving also, um, proposing also new, new things for, for, the, for our work. But yes, we fit very well. At the time, we fit very well all the information. And, um, and um, you know, what was done was, was history. But you had some difficult times early on at Laria, didn't you? It wasn't immediate success. No, you know, uh, Lady, uh, we had, uh, I remember, I don't know even if Jose remember, remembers this, but uh, there was a moment where uh, after three match, we, we, we had a draw. And um, in Lady, I'm speaking about Lady. And, uh, and we had a, a meeting, a small meeting, uh, where, uh, where we questioned what we are doing, you know. Uh, do we believe the play? Do you think the players are believing in your in our work the way we are doing things? And you know, I I, I knew a way of for me it was new. Everything was new also. But I believe it. I really believe it that uh, if we want to improve, it needs to be by developing the work the way we are doing it. And he also uh, was keen to do that, but. It's important now to understand what the players were feeling and why was this. This this comes after this draw. We are winning two 0 and um, and second half we draw two two. And and the guy wrote uh, one of your colleagues. <laughs> you you never help. You never help. Wrote wrote a, a piece because I believe he was friend of the coach that was in the team before, saying that he, the the team was really bad. Physically, so the fitness were bad. The fitness uh, was not enough. Uh, Jose had very young assistants 
a very young assistant also responsible for the fitness. So we think the team is not good. So this creates opinions, you know. And um, so we had that meeting. And from that meeting, we just came out stronger because we said, no, we, we step we, we keep the way we are doing and uh, we, we go forward with the with, way with we are doing. And I believe uh, one and a half months later, we are having meetings with Benfica and, and Porto. And, uh, and we finished going to Porto in January 2002. And then so, Porto seemed like immediate success yeah. and incredible Porto, results. Yes, Porto was, 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 uh, was really great. I remember... When we arrived, team was in trouble, was fourth in the league or fifth. Uh, we, we need to try to qualify the team for the, for the UEFA Cup, to be in a position to qualify for UEFA Cup. And I remember that end of the season, uh, we changed um, around, I believe, 14 players. So try to rebuild the team and, uh, um, and was a very, a very good work from, from Jose and the club. And um, and all of us in the end, and uh, and uh, we built a team that uh, the season after finishing winning everything, and the season again, the, the season after that one, in two thousand three four again we repeat winning everything, and then yeah. and then came Chelsea and and this history. And I can remember reading actually John Terry talking about how everything was very very new when you came in because. They hadn't had a preseason just working with a ball, like you say. So that was one big change straight away. Yes, was a change, and honestly, was a big change for them, because when we arrived in two thousand four, they were coming from a Italian approach, I believe, at the time, uh, with the Italian fitness coach. So it's not a critic; it's just a different approach from our approach. And when we start, we we immediately. Uh, like I said to you, we immediately start uh, training with the ball. I remember some players saying to me, oh, but this is Premier League, you know, the intensity is too high. And I said, look, you will adapt to the, to the, to the level you, the, the Premier League will demand. Because that is, is, is what we are as human beings. You will adapt for sure. Uh, you are used to, to that high, high demanding. The sessions will come out and you will be for sure put in a situation of high demanding and uh, when it starts the competition you'll be fine no worries but in the beginning was again a little bit of uh, of doubt today is easy you know today you go to the training session we are speaking about beginning of 2000 today you go to the training session and then everyone works uh, 80% with the ball 90% with the ball so it's easier to accept today coaches have um, is easier the way the way they can can put their ideas out because people is more ready to accept even generations are different the kids uh, get used to to work like uh, a lot with the ball and and um, so now i think they demand that more than than anything and um, so we are speaking about almost two decades after and uh, and then the things today are, are different, so it's easier to develop different uh, words. And we all remember the press conference Jose came, gave when he first came in and said, I am the special one. It, is, is that the Jose that you know, or is that a bit of an act to kind of... No, I think, it's, 
is is Jose that uh, that I know uh, uh, really confident in the sense of he knew that uh, he had achieved something really important in the past, and he wanted to be t taken serious and um, and um, and basically was was that you know um, was an expression he used to for people to take him serious because he was coming to do a serious job. And, uh, and in the end, was was a way to express that. So would you draw up a lot of the training plans yourself and would you also lead the training sessions? Look, depends on, uh, on the sessions. You know, as an assistant, and you see that uh, everywhere, um, I had responsibilities to, to a certain level of, uh, of exercises. And I also had the responsibility to produce exercises to, to, to the manager. And if he, he understood that what they were uh, interesting, he would take them. Because in the end, uh, I, I will say this clearly, I just believe in coaches who coach, you know, I just believe in coaches who are able to produce their own exercises to the way they want to play to the idea that they have to play. It's like a fingerprint, you know? So it uh, doesn't matter how good assistant you are, uh, you can try to feed a, a coach that coaches, a coach that produces his work, that of course then is a decision for him to take the exercises or not. I had, uh, um, you know, with uh, we had a very, good cooperation in work, a very professional and, and confidence that um, was able to, to, to give, to have, I was able to have space to propose things. And um, again, the last word was always uh, the, the, the coach word. But um, if I have to control a session, I will control a session. If I had to control part of the session, I had to control part of the session. In the end, it's the coach decision. But uh, I did a little bit of everything, so I, I was ready. And with so many years at the level I, I was, uh, to be there, you need to be ready for everything. You cannot be there hiding any, any uh, uh, how can I say, uh, missing skills uh, as a coach. You know, you, you are there, you are always on. Everything happens too quick and you need to be ready for everything to give all the answers at the level you are. So um, people cannot stay at the, that level for so many years if you are not able to be, to be a coach and, and be complete in all the, the aspects of coaching. And it sounds like your approach is very holistic and you're managing to hit the physical, tactical, technical. Um, I'm very interested in how you train the mental side of the game as well to make the players perform under pressure so they can make decisions for themselves on the pitch. How do you go you about know, you, Yes, we normally work already in a, in a level where players are made. I don't know if I, I made myself clear on this. When you normally arrive to, because the mental, uh, the emotional control, if we want to, to say like this, the emotional control is also a skill. So it's something you can train and develop, but belongs <clears throat> belongs a lot to the person, to the player. You know, I, I always say that uh, one of the most important skills from a manager is, is 
And I think one of the, the secrets to success is the way you, you, you work mentally the players, you know? The confidence you give to the players, the motivation you give to the players, play well, in my opinion, it's a state of mind. So more you, you, <clears throat> you create conditions for players to have confidence in, them, in themselves, to be better you organize the team in a way that the player believes in your message and he feels comfortable with that. Uh, better harmony you can create as, as a team organization, uh, more confidence you give to the player. And it's all about that. More confidence you have uh, resulting from all the process uh, day by day, uh, more motivation you are able to, to give, to give and, and uh, to pass to the players and um, you are able to create that in the, in the, play, in the team player, individual and team, because many people say team more important than everything, but I still believe is this is true if you really know the individual, the individual person well or player well. So uh, better you are uh, able to create all that confidence and believe in the message, better results you will have under pressure. But of course, again, this is also dependent a lot on, on player skills because our guys who control better the emotions are others not so, so, so good. That's why sometimes you find players that in big matches, they don't perform so well. They perform better in, 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 in matches with, uh, with teams that in theory are, are not so strong as you. So there is a lot. That's why in the best teams, you normally you want to have the best players, but the best players, not just by the skills they have with the ball. They are uh, emotionally a lot because I think the brain is still central and it decides everything that is happening around. So uh, stronger you are uh, mentally in this case, better you control your emotions under pressure. A match that really sticks in my mind is the Inter Milan against Barcelona the year that you won the Champions League with them. And um, was that the semi-final, the second leg? Yeah, second leg semi-final, yes. Yeah. We and beat, that... uh, in the first leg, we beat them at home 3-1. Yeah. And uh, we lost 1-0 in, in Barcelona. Yeah. And then you had a man sent off as well, I'm trying to remember. Yes, that. I believe 30 minutes in the game or 20-something minutes in the game. Yeah. Uh, we stayed with 10 men and, uh, you know, this, this comes from, from the, again... When it was we incredible, arrived. wasn't it? To think back that because I remember it was a great Barcelona team and they yeah. were coming and coming and coming and it was an amazing your team was stayed so strong under that pressure. Yes, yes, you know. But this goes down to uh, when we arrive to clubs and normally people has an idea ah, your style of play, your your way of seeing things, and uh, your idea of play. You know, when you arrive to 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 the clubs, you need to understand the reality of the clubs. You need to understand the culture of the club, the history of the club. We are speaking about a club that had an owner that was chasing the Champions League for so many years. So that was in players' blood, okay? What they needed, they needed a coach with the same kind of ambitions. And Jose was that coach. And, uh, and, uh, and the work that was done was to have, to believe they, they had, and that was reinforced by the message uh, we passed. 
plus the work we did. So when, when you arrive to a situation like that, it's much more than a football game. There are so many things around, so many emotions around that they were all in the same uh, direction. So from the preparation of the match or the tie, in this case, from the first match and the second match, I remember to, to be with Jose watching matches and matches and trying to understand the way and the difficulties of, uh, of, uh, of, of that uh, match and how much would be hard for us because they were really a strong team. So, so that uh, is so many things uh, in, involved in that, in that match that uh, I believe the, they would do uh, everything they, they had in their possibilities to, to, to go through and to arrive to the final. That was what happened. After that, you can say, okay, now we are in the final and, um, and for sure it will be ours. But of course, you still need to play. But you know that what was lived in that match goes over a normal, a normal match. There was so much things involved that, uh, that apart from the great work that we developed with the team, there were so many experienced players and with, uh, with hunger to, to win uh, a title like that, that um, involved everybody from the people, the supporters, uh, the club, the owner, the players, the coaches, you know, was really something uh, special. And how can you develop those levels of concentration in, in your training sessions? How can you prepare the players for that? You know, when, when, you, when you speak about intensity in the way we see the things, intensity is, is normally a word related with, uh, with demanding, with fitness demanding. But the intensity needs to, be, needs to be understood as a mental intensity, you know? So concentration, intensity of concentration. So when you are preparing sessions of one and a half hour, you want to demand concentration. Why? Because you are passing information. You are passing uh, ideas to players. So they need to think. If they need to think at moment of the, the session, in any second or fraction of a second, they need to be concentrated. So concentration is something that you train. Imagine, if you are not used to read. I use these analogies all the time, but they are, and I'm not the only one using them. If you are not used to read, you take a book and you read it two or three pages. When you go to the fourth or the fifth, you don't remember anymore what you read. So why? Because your level of concentration is not high. But if you do it every day, you will arrive a moment where you read 20 pages and you still are okay to remember everything that you read. So this works the same way in when you are training and when you are teaching or when you are passing information to players. If you demand concentration, if you demand intensity of concentration, that will be related with everything that is happening. Players will be more focused every fraction of a, section, of a second in, in the session. So they are more aware of everything happening around and they will, they will be more ready to answer Okay, from the, the information that comes through your eyes to the uh, answer they will give with their legs. Okay, if you are doing a session of one and a half hour, you do an exercise of 10 minutes and then you spend 10 minutes taking the balls to another place and then uh, 10 minutes to explain the session. All the concentration 
all the, the mental intensity is lost. So everything you do, you need to be very accurate in your organization. Because you do see some training sessions where maybe players have stood around or there's a lot of talking from the coach. And... Depends, of course, on the session. Sometimes the session is also to relax. So it's even also for people. Look, I, I give you this example. In Real Madrid, I love to be with the players in the recovery session. Why? Because I want to listen the conversations. Okay? Don't understand it in the wrong way. Listening there ideas, listening their feelings, their emotions, what they felt about the game, how they felt individually, because sometimes they are able to say these things to, to the colleagues, but they are not able to say this to the coaches. So for me, it was important to be there to understand what was happening, you know, uh, a comment that you listen. So you, you never take that this in a, even if the comment was not good and coming to our side, coach's side, I've never understood it as, as a negative thing. You know, I always try to build from there important information that will help us to improve the work. So this, 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 this kind of message was, uh, was, was, was important for us, was important to, to understand the process. And again, relating this with the intensity you put in the sessions, sometimes those sessions, they have no intensity if you want in the fitness work or even in a mental approach. Uh, uh, because the mental approach demands uh, uh, the, the moment. And if the moment is recovered, is also relaxed, is also to laugh, is also to, 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 to joke, you know, is, is everything. Is, you want everything to come out there. And so depends on the kind of session you are doing. If it's a session that where you want, uh, depends on what you want to work in that session to bring more concentration to the session or less. So this uh, depends on many things, many aspects. Of course, if you are in a session, an important session where you want to add information, when you want to chase the harmony uh, of a team, uh, in the build-up, uh, in the offensive uh, um, organization, whatever it is, the moment you are working, you want, you need to demand maximum concentration and that will bring to you the maximum uh, performance from, uh, from the players. Mm. Oh, very interesting. Um, and I know when I met you on the um, pro license course a few months yes. ago, we were talking about uh, man management and... People tell me that there's been a change with players now where it was more maybe command and control, you would call it, before where the coaches or the manager tell them what to do and it's quite one way. But now the players want more input. They want more two-way conversations. Um, so I was wondering what you think about that and if there has been that change. You know, I think there is there is society change. If you look up for 20 years ago, um, I think you would say something to a player and the answer would be to perform better, uh, to try to do to do better. And, uh, and that judgment, uh, right or wrong, would be always helping the process, you know. Um, what I want to say with this is, uh, first of all, uh, we are speaking about human beings. So if people think football players are not human beings, uh, something is wrong. So we are speaking about human beings and this goes down to many other areas in, in, in the training today and in the coaching today. So we are speaking about human beings. You need to understand. And again, I repeat what I said before. 
teams are more important than an individual if you really understand well the individual. They are all different. As personalities, as, obje as objective in lives, as uh, uh, private lives, they are all different. So you need to understand each one in a different way. You say it's too much work for a, for a manager. Yes, of course, or for a coach. Yes, of course it is. But for that, you also have assistants that can cope with one or two or three. You have different assistants with different personalities that you can bring on according with the different players, with different personalities to pass a certain kind of message. So depends a lot on, on, many, on, many, on many things. You can use many tools as a coach to try to know everyone uh, well. Then you know that some guys will accept the message in front of the group. Other guys will not accept the message in front of the group. Some you need to go more private. Other you can be in front of everyone. But you know you need to know well who you are dealing with before we go and tell they are football players, before you pass a message that is. If you are able to do that, it will be easier for you to do your work. It's true. Today, players demand more. Players uh, uh, feel they have more power. Also, I believe it's, you, it's, it's easy also to move from one club to other. If I'm not happy with the coach, in a, I know that it's a question of time. Coaches are the ones who have always the contract in a, in a short. Uh, uh, how can I say that? That easily can 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 <laughs> stop doing the job. So it's easier to 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 sack a coach than 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 a player. But you know, so there is a lot of things involving that to, to makes the things different today. So. Um, Again, I repeat, depends on you, uh, on the way you act with the players. And uh, again, I, say, I believe that uh, leadership is about uh, honesty and is about being, how can I say, being able to give, if it's about rules and about what is important for your team, to be able to say to player A or player B, uh, to say to follow the same kind of rules, you know, you cannot make distinctions because that works with everyone in society. If you are working for someone and you feel there is a different treatment from you to another uh, person in the job, you will feel that that is not correct and is unfair. So um, you need to be able to pass a message that in a way where you are, uh, the word is you are just, you have justice in your message to everyone, okay? Yeah. So the, I think this is, is very important because players, they understand when you are being uh, correct with them or not. And um, if you today say one thing and tomorrow you say a different thing to a different player, uh, they understand that. It's a question of, of time for them to look at you and say, this guy uh, has two different faces, so uh, it's not the guy that I want to run for. So, and, and these people need to understand. So if you are dealing with, uh, with persons, and because you are dealing with persons, you try to be always correct. I know we can't generalise, but do you think young players are as mentally strong as they were when you started out sort of 15 years ago? And I think players need to be ready to play with different kind of formations, with different kind of styles of play, and be able to answer that. Why? Because, because when you arrive to the first team, 
cultures there are always changing and cultures there when they arrive they come with different kind of approach to the game with different kind of ideas with uh, different systems that with different dynamics uh, when I say systems, structures, formations, I don't know the, the way you want to, to. So they bring different dynamics and, uh, and different dynamics will demand from players different answers. And different answers is what they need to have in their history of, or, of, um, of, of work in the years before. So better you are uh, or that the clubs are capable to pass that kind of, 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 of information during the years, apart of all the others that involve the personality of the player and their commitment, whatever, the players need to be ready to, to give answers. Again, I repeat, because coaches in first teams, they stay one year, two years, three years, they normally don't stay longer. So they need to be ready when they arrive that moment to adapt quick to different ideas. So more information you give in, 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 in different kind of approaches to the game, better will be for the players. You know, um, <clears throat> there are guys who want to control the game by having the ball, that would be good, but there are others who prefer to control the game not having the ball. So this is a different approach. So you have more of the ball or less of the ball. Everyone wants to have the ball because if you have the ball, the opponent doesn't have it. But sometimes it's not possible. So the, the, the approach you will have to the game and the possibilities you will give your players to experiment, better they will be prepared for their, for their future. So when people speak about, no, this is a style we want to follow and this is the only style. Come on. In football, we need to, to be pragmatic. You can say this guy is more about results. The other one is more about philosophy of play. But what is right? You know, because if you can add two things to the game, win and and beautiful football this is perfect okay but then it comes down to beautiful game but you don't win or comes down to uh, not so beautiful the game but you win which one you prefer people will always prefer to win so you need to be really pragmatic and when you prepare teams you need to to make them understand okay i like to have the ball but i if to arrive in the goal i, ju- I just give two passes i will give two passes to arrive in the goal because the objective of the game is to score so you, you really need to be pragmatic in the approach okay sometimes to arrive in the goal you need to give 20 or 30 but again what is right and what is wrong what is right is to be pragmatic is to understand well what is the game what is the objective of the game don't concede and score so being really pragmatic on this will help you to prepare everyone in a certain direction. Because there is a lot of talk about playing philosophies now. And if you look at Guardiola or Klopp, they seem to have very firm philosophies that they won't deviate from. They will stick to those, whatever. Um, I think I, I will not like to speak about philosophies. I prefer to say... You know, you have a, a certain way to see the game, and I told you that before. You have an idea of, of the game you want. And normally, when you are in those clubs, you are able to, to get the players to fit your ideas. But this is the difference. Uh, not everyone have the conditions of, uh, of uh, Klopp, that is a great coach, of course, or uh, Guardiola, again, another great coach. Not, not everyone have those conditions to have the players to play according with the way they see the football they want for the team. So, uh, you know, if you want, again, 
Uh, I prefer always to use this and I don't want to put names, but uh, because it's not fair also. If you say, I, I want to be uh, a team controlling the game and uh, having the ball, pressing high, um, if I lose the ball, I want to recover the ball immediately, far from my goal, uh, close to the opponent goal, you know, I want to have a, a certain uh, kind of game to my team. Do you have players to do that? Are your players in condition to give you that? The moment you lose the ball, are they in conditions to press? It's about organization, but it's also about skills, okay? About players' skills. Of course, it's about organization, the way you reduce the space around the ball, the way you cover the spaces around the ball to stop the ball to come out from that, from that space. But it's also about the players you have, if they are able to give you that answer. And sometimes, if you have the idea that you want to do like that, but then you understand that you have no players to do that, or um, there are many reasons for the players not to be able uh, to do that. Can be the age, can be, uh, can be the, the, the type of, 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 of fitness, of fitness in the, in the, in the, that, that, the fitness conditions of the players, whatever. There are many reasons for you not be able to achieve that. So you need to adapt. Yeah, because I suppose you have, you had a period, I think I read it was like 17 years, win a trophy every single season. And that is with several different clubs in different countries with Porto, you know, who didn't have the budget of the big clubs in the Champions League. Um, but so you must have had that pragmatism to do that. Of course you need to have. Jose was, uh, was and, and is very, very uh, good on that. You know, he, he always, uh, uh, you know, you, you sometimes, this is really important. Sometimes you, you, you sign players and um, you just get knowing the players the day you start working with them. You think you really know the player and suddenly for reasons that you don't understand, things don't happen. And we have uh, examples in the past, but normally we are great in, in, the, in, the, in the signings, but you have examples in the past where we have in our career, the players were not able to perform, you know, and um, with all the respect I have for the players and, and I'm not saying any, any, any lie. Salah, when he arrived in, in January to us, to Chelsea in 2015, I believe, the things didn't went 15, 15 or 14, I don't, I'm not sure. Um, the things didn't happen to him the way we expect to happen and the kids we knew he had uh, beautiful conditions for that level to a top level and he proved by the results he had. But at the time with us, the things didn't happen to him. I don't know if it was the move for him at the time he was a younger player and the move was a really important jump to him. And then he went to Fiorentina, if I'm not wrong, and then Roma, and then he, he, he came to, to Liverpool. So he, he had a, a, a growing... Um, uh, an evolution in his in his career, he, he got more maturity, but the skills were there, the conditions to, to to be a good player were there, and we saw them. But again, you really know the players when uh, when you 
when you start working with them and when uh, when they need to perform for you in the context where you are. Some players are very good in a context. We had a player that that year was the best player in Germany. He arrived to play for us and uh, in, in Madrid and the things didn't work well for him. And then he's related with football, maybe related with, with his private life. Uh, you know, there are so many things influencing the performance that, that you never know uh, how good people will be. But to answer your questions, is about uh, knowing well when you arrive to the club, knowing well the players you have, understanding well uh, uh, what you have in your hands, understanding the club uh, intentions, the objectives, the moment of the season when you arrive. You are uh, full of ideas about the football you want for your team. You analyze, again, what you have in your hands. You see what you can get from outside the club. And then from that, you build your, your, your team in a way that you think you will fit your, your the objectives that you are working for. Um, I remember when we, in 2009-10, we needed a number 10. We focused on that number 10 in Inter. And uh, we fight until the moment we got that number 10 because it was like a, a piece of the puzzle that was missing. That player was Schneider at the time and he was in Real Madrid. So, you know... Why? Because we wanted to play in a certain way. It was clear in his in Jose's head how we wanted to play, and that player was crucial for him. So we didn't give up. And it's very, very difficult with young players, isn't it, really? Because they need a lot of patience and a lot of time, and it's not a clear trajectory, but then you need to Dep win straight away at the level that you're working at. Yeah, depends on the depends on the, on the players. There are some that fit immediately because they are so exceptional that uh, that uh, they have that they, they, they it's like if they don't need time to 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 arrive at the best level because they they are really exceptional and you had so many examples during the years that it's easy to name them. Who's so, been like then, that? Sorry, Rui. Who, who was like that? Who you worked with? Who was young and could go straight away? Sorry, is this no? Not not us. Uh, oh. During you, you can see Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, yeah. so many other players that you yeah. you they come up in. They start even really young, working and and uh, and playing for uh, for. Uh, I remember uh, with Cristiano is was amazing. I, I saw Cristiano playing with 16 years old for the first time in Loiria. And I remember Jose saying to me, come and, and, and see this guy that is playing there for, uh, I think we, he was 16 and the others were around 18 or something. Come and see this guy playing. And, uh, and uh, you know, it was, was amazing to see. So, you know, immediately that guy was a question of, 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 of a short period of time. He will be it would be up. The same thing with, uh, I think the first time uh, we saw Messi playing as an example was, and these two names are easy, but I, there are so many others. I say this too, because it's clear that they made the difference the moment they, they came up. Uh, was against Porto in 2004 when uh, the first match did the, that was done in, in the, the Dragon Stadium in Portugal. So Porto Stadium. So for the Euro 2004, and I think was was a friendly match, and was the first time that uh, that Messi played for the first team. So he was, I believe, 16 years old or something. So those players, they don't need time. And those two examples, we could have uh, 
I don't know, 20, 30 examples during the year, so many. But there are others, in, in no doubts, they need an introduction to the, to, the, to the level, to that level. And I think it's very important the moment you choose to, to, to put them. And one, you need to, to look to the moment of the team, to the specific uh, uh, moment. Why? is really good when we start introducing these players in a positive uh, context. Why? Because that will help the player development. Through players in contexts that are not good can be uh, uh, hard for the young players to perform. Of course, it will be hard for sure for young players to perform. And uh, maybe you will lose a lot of time because you need to rebuild them. So uh, it's really important the moment you choose the stability of the team, you know, to introduce the players, uh, how long uh, you put them playing for, uh, you know, starting from the beginning, if you really trust, or sometimes there are kids who just go on the pitch because first teams, they miss players and they need a young kid. And you see in kid conditions for them to go. And that's why sometimes works uh, is easier in, in smaller teams than, than in bigger teams. Training with the first team is really important. So every time you have possibilities to bring young kids to train with the first team, giving them that experience, training at the same level and demanding that train the first team, uh, make them feel comfortable with older players, with the way uh, they, do, they, they, they have their routines be involved in all that new process is always a way to give immediately stability to a young player to, to, to come up. Reward the work in the academy uh, every week. Go and speak with the people in the academy who deserves to be this week with the first team. Give them the opportunity to, to, to train with the first team. Introduce uh, the player to that environment. Uh, you know, the players normally receive well the kids uh, in, the, in the first team. So this is a process that is not made by you just click your fingers and suddenly a young player comes up. Yeah, I think it's a process that mm. needs to be well organized and that you need to give good stability for them to develop. And we were talking about style of play and you said you have to be adaptable, pragmatic. Um, do you have fundamentals though? And I'm thinking... Is, are the transitions very, very important? You create concepts in your team that will allow you to create an identity, all right? You win the ball. The moment you win the ball, what you need, what you're going to do with the ball as a team, you know? So immediately, so this, imagine this in a sequence. Immediately, what you're going to do? Do you see immediately a chance for a running back that you do a pass and with two passes, you arrive to score a goal because you are close to the opponent's goal. Yes, do it. Risk, because if you don't take risk, you will not get the, the, the chance to do it. It's not possible. Okay, so we take the ball out of the zone where you win it back because that will be also a, a zone where you can lose it immediately again. again. So you will move the ball in a way where you start building up again your offensive organization. Yeah. So this is concepts that you create in your team. My concept, I want to have the ball. I want to play away from my goal uh, with a, on a clear objective that I want to score. If I give two passes to score, perfect. If I need to give 20, I have to have conditions to give 20 and organize offensively my team. You know, so 
all these concepts creates an identity. Yeah. Do I prefer a game where I want the ball and the control? Yes, everyone prefers. I believe everyone prefers. Do you have conditions to do it? If you have, why not? You know, so what, then you need to be again pragmatic. I like to use the word because sometimes I see things where teams, they play, the risk is so high that they play in a way where you say really high pressing, okay? I want really high pressing. I put five, six players pressing, reducing the space. My central backs, they come up and push and they close the space and they reduce also the spaces, but they are slow. If yeah. I'm the opponent, if I'm the opponent and I'm being very pragmatic, I see their central backs are slow. I put a man in the last line and the first option I have, if I win the ball, this is just an example, yeah, 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 is, yeah. is to put the man for run in the space because th there are 50 meters or 60 meters with no one and I know my opponent is slow. So sometimes people need to understand the reality again of what they have. And there are teams who risk to do that, that I say, fantastic, but they play really on, you know, on the limit. And that limit is what sometimes make teams have results for a short period of time. When the opponents start identifying their abilities, they start losing for a long time, you know, and they feel difficulties to come back from, from uh, to win again. So this is again, uh, this of course, I'm speaking always in abstract. I'm not speaking in, in about anything in concrete. It's just to try to give you uh, some thoughts. Yeah, on, yeah, on. yeah. So did your teams have an element of pressing them? Because I think maybe we do simplify things a bit as media and fans. And I was thinking it was a lot of counter-attack where if you lost the ball, you would get back in shape and get quite and move backwards. But you would have the element of pressing then as well. Yes, uh, look, I'm. Uh, things change uh, during during the years, you know, and even countries and cultures have a big influence. You know, you go to Italy, there is a, a big tendency to be more conservative, to have the team organized uh, in a compact block, uh, you know, defending their goal. Look, to be fair with you, there were teams here in the in the Premier League winning the the the, the league, defending, and we are accused of being defensive. We are accused of being defensive in Spain and we have the, the most number of points and goals in, in a season and we are accused of being defensive. So this is a bit of a message that you also build up in the, in the press. Um, again, uh, uh, Special Jose was accused of being defensive many, for many, many years and, uh, and, uh, and even having results uh, like that. I, I believe more, again, in, in the way you identify is the best way to face some teams than, than the other. And that is give to your team different kind of tools because we had teams also that controlled the game most of the time. And we, we had also moments where we need to defend as a team. But recently we had teams, again, I will not name them, that if they need to put 11 players inside the box, they will put uh, 11 players inside the box. And I don't remember that we did that in the past. And they won the league doing that in, in the Premier League and was not many years ago. And I'm not criticizing, I, I say again, I'm not criticizing because that is also football. For me, there is not a way better than other, okay? There is ways and those ways, if they are well done and they achieve success, they are, they are so, uh, uh, how can I say, 
they have the same kind of, uh, of respect from me than, than have the others who control the game and have the ball all the time. Because this, again, is about results. Is it, you say, you just think about results. No, you all, we all want to have beautiful football. We all want to have, but winning is beautiful. You know, is 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 one of the, the the most beautiful things in the game because it's always the main objective. So, you if you are able to give those wins, you you are always in the right in the in the right way. Then uh, again, if you want to give those names to philosophers of uh, beautiful this, beautiful that, beautiful okay, you you play beautiful, you don't win, you don't get results in one month, you are out. You know, so again, it's pra about pragmatism. Styles of play and the ideas, they change. When I arrived in England in 2004, most of the teams were playing out. They were winning the ball in their defensive uh, uh, area of, of the game, in their defensive area of the pitch. And they were kicking the ball up quickly to the strikers. And that was high emotion in English uh, football. Was, was, was the culture, you know, the ball was always close to the goal, jumping here, fighting for first ball, second ball, you know, uh, flick the ball, running behind, you know, you, you could feel the ball was always there and people was loving that, you know, and, and this was a way to do it. And there was not 20, 30 passes on the ball, you know, was one, two passes and the ball was close to the goal. And sometimes the midfields were on the match, just watching the ball fly. You know, how many times that happened uh, with us? I remember how, uh, when we played uh, 2004-05, we were champions in, in England with Chelsea. Uh, we played a match that our midfields were saying, we, 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 it's impossible to touch the ball. The ball is just, you know, because it was hard, you, you, you try to start the build-up, you, if you lose the ball, you know that you take the ball, uh, the ball is immediately in your box and you need to defend and then you fight, you know. Is this in, 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 in a situation that you can criticize? Of course not. Then with the years, with influence from Foligner coaches, with today's different, maybe if you want to find this, you need to go to lower divisions, but Today it's changed because it's more universal, or I don't know if it's the right word. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot of different influence from different countries, different coaches, different ideas of how to approach the game. Of course, things change, you know, and yeah. uh, and we need to adapt to them. Yeah. Was that the uh, Blackburn game? I'm thinking back when the players took the shirts. Was, was, Black, was Blackburn, was yeah. Bolton, was <laughs> everywhere, you know. <laughs> Was so many different pitches where you would take the ball. You, I remember sometimes it was a frustration, but you were always saying, "Now nah, you need to keep trying. Don't go in the same game they want to do because you don't have those tools. You are not. You not. You know. You, you will fight. You will lose a fight that you are not used to do. Don't accept the way they want to take the game, the direction they want to take. So you need to go against these things and try to apply your ideas and. And sometimes it was hard, of course. You are trying to, to build and having the ball and organizing your offensive game. And, and, oh, and you know the moment you lose the ball, you need to run back because the ball already fly uh, for uh, 50 or 60 or 70 meters close to your goal. And they, the opponent has two attacking players running in depth and your central backs need to, 
to run back and again win the ball, build up again. You know, this was was a lot of the games we used to face. Today is different, you know. But again, is this wrong in any sense? Of course not. We're, we're like we're here speaking styles of play, you know. I thought it was quite interesting where you were talking about areas of risk on the pitch there. So you must be making that calculation in your brain really about the probabilities and. Um, would you use data to help with that? Now, today you have so many tools around uh, with numbers. That is another thing that I, I always uh, say that is so many science around, uh, around football yeah. that can that apply to football that sometimes we reduce them just to statistics and algorithms and maths in the end uh, and we want to relate and control everything. I think data is important, no doubts on this. But also, you need to give a context to data. You need to understand. It's like using a, 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 this idea. You have a, a formation or a structure or what you will hand. You, you can see the opponent normally starts the match with this structure. But according with the opponent, the shape you will get during the game Okay, even according with the players you put on the pitch, your own players, the shapes you will get during the game will be influenced for that moment, for that context, from the opponent, from the strategy the opponent decides to bring to the game. So that will give uh, uh, information to you that are important. Okay, but if you take the data in a context where you analyze and you don't put the full picture to understand why the data you receive give you that kind of information, you are doing a wrong job. Why? Because you, it's important not to take from the full image the reasons that are behind the information you got. And there is a tendency, a huge tendency, to forget to see the full picture. So. Imagine you want to see an opponent. You need to understand what happened during 10 matches a different, and understand how the opponent played, what he did, the reasons why the shapes, the shapes came up in this, in this, in, during those matches, and try to understand well what the opponent did according uh, with the different games against different strategies, whatever. So you need always to, that information is important if you know how to use it okay again data numbers are numbers and they are limited by being numbers if you don't give a context or a right context to that you will be lost in the, you will get wrong uh, conclusions from from it this is my opinion people can have different opinions but whatever i respect everyone i don't need to fight because of that mm. And that brings us on to the GPS, because I did the article saying you weren't using the GPS at Manchester United after a yes. while, and there was criticism about that. And then I met you, and I thought you might deny that was the case, but you actually said, no, it's true, and this is the reason why. So, But, yeah. but, but of course it's true, uh, you know. First of all, I have nothing against the GPSs, but you cannot reduce performance to GPSs. And uh, there is a huge tendency to have the GPS controlling the sessions. And the, uh, it's not me, look. Uh, 
First of all, we, it's important to clarify one thing. One, I have a background in sports science. So I'm, I also, as a coach, as a coach, I also have a background in, in sports science. So I'm entitled to speak about this. And because I have a, a, a background in sports science, I also know that there are many science behind or around football that are really important. And for me, neuroscience is one of the most important or maybe the, the most important of all. Why? Because it's about our brain, okay? And the information we get from the process, everything comes through our brain. Everything we do on the pitch is in our brain. So comes from our brain. And when I say that uh, I'm okay to say that I didn't use GPS, it's not because I'm old-fashioned, like, like someone said that I, I was old-fashioned. So the first time, today the GPSs are completely, uh, uh, how can I say, they are good tools, special if you don't understand nothing about physiology of the game. Okay, if you don't understand and you want to make numbers, because people today be, lives obsessed with numbers. I need to have numbers. I need, by the numbers, I need to decide the work I'm gonna do. You know, numbers will give me the way. And I'm not on that uh, road. Doesn't mean that I don't respect who is. What I'm saying is I don't need the GPS, me, me. I repeat, me. I don't need a GPS to decide a session for me. Mm. Can I use it? Yes, of course I can. There is a lot of valid information. Again, if I get the context for that information, I can use the tool. Of course I can. But if I find, I find that that information coming up from the GPS can be used in a way that I'm not interested. And that information is not in my hands, belongs to a different kind of department. And I'm not in total control of the information. I prefer not to use it because the benefits will be higher if I don't use it than if I use it. Now, you say, okay, so how did you control the sessions? I control because I know how to do it, because I have, I, I, I have, uh, or we had, I speak me, but we are a team. I have mechanisms to control and I have them without worried with numbers, because everything starts from up, from the top, from the brain, the way I want to organize or the way we want to organize our work, the way we want to put it in a week, the way we control the session. There are things more important than the numbers of high intensity runs I did, than uh, uh, other things that the people is really worried about. And you would say like this, okay, but this, uh, Without numbers, how can you control? Because we are here about uh, speaking about the loading of the work that goes also in the prevention of injuries, having the players better adapt to perform at the highest level. The numbers are there. The, the numbers belong to the Premier League. You just go and see the results from 2016 until 2018. Uh, where you can see the 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 available the availability of, of of the players and the the ratio in relation with injuries and uh, and uh, and you have that the best numbers so and without the GPSs but again I repeat was us where 
we know what we are doing without a, a GPS. I mean, I have nothing, I repeat, against the GPS if it's used the right way. But the problem is people reduce the sports science to numbers. And sports science is much, but much more than numbers, much more. And there are things much more important for me, in my view, in football, in relation with, with, uh, with, uh, with the GPS in particular, than what uh, uh, people think. So this is my view, is my way of thinking. You know, and I'm not the only person speaking about this. You had sessions where sports science go on the pitch, stop the coach from coaching because yeah. the numbers are ex, ex, uh, uh, going over the numbers that they have as a, a reference. Yeah. And this is so ridiculous, in my opinion, so ridiculous that everyone is, 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 is losing the logic of coaching because the coach, he needs people to help and he needs people to give them uh, the best input. But sometimes people forget this and they want to go over, okay? They're going to go over what is football. I don't know if I... I yeah, yeah. No, I've heard of this happening in the training. And also, if you use this information, imagine this example because this happens too. You have the information and then you arrive to the player and you say, the morning when he arrives for training, he arrives and, the, and someone goes to him and say, hey, pay attention. Yesterday you did too much high intensity running. So today go calm on the session. And then you are coaching the players on the pitch and, uh, and suddenly you see the player not performing because he's with this in his head, yeah. because he paid attention to the sports science who gave him that information. Again, I have nothing against the sports science if you know how to behave in the context, but that doesn't always happen. So, and the player is on the pitch and you are as a coach, looking to his performance and say, I will not play this guy. This guy is not well, he's not performing well. And in the end, you find out the influence. Maybe I'm, I'm not exaggerating because this happened already. It's not something that is, I'm telling this from, 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 from nothing. So there are so many things around that, that in the end people misused. And again, a number doesn't measure emotions. You know, and we are speaking about emotions here. We are speaking about uh, so many things that involve performance that, that in the end, a number is a number. is a reference for people who doesn't know how to control a, a session. For me, you know, uh, do I use it? I'm not saying I cannot use it. If you go and pick a team that use the, the information, if the information is under my control, I will use it the way I want not for other people to use the way they want. You understand my, my view on this? So again, I don't need to use, but there are people that is not capable to control a session. So it's good they use because yeah. it's an important tool for them. Yeah. Are you able to talk any more about what exactly happened at Manchester United around that then? When you no, saw okay. it's, it's, it's very, it's very, it's a very particular situation. And it's not nice as a professional to speak about realities. I, I just say to you that uh, the, that moment we felt that was good for us not, not to use. We knew things that happened in the club in the past. And so the decision came from that, not from, uh, from uh, also 
because it was a tool that we feel we didn't need to use because of our experience and knowledge on the game, because we have the knowledge of the physiology of the game, and because we are not so worried if a guy today did the percentage of high intensities or not, because the way we prepare the session, that will come up. I don't need to measure. And really, to be fair with you, you are a very bad coach if you are not able to see if a player is training well or not, if he's giving everything he's giving or not, and if he's focused on giving everything or not. So if you are, don't have that, uh, that skills as a coach, it's better to give up. And, yeah. uh, and uh, after that, if there is one more high intensity or another, it's not important. I give you a, a different uh, area where you measure also, measuring fatigue. We have a certain period, there was a player in our team trying to beat the record of uh, matches he did consecutively in a season or by two or three seasons. So he, he, and someone came to me from the sports science side saying, look, the, 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 the fatigue tests are saying the player is under fatigue, it's a big risk for him to play. And I said, okay, let, let the player know and let the coach know about it. And no, joking about it because one, it was impossible to take the player out from the context where he was. Okay, I believe he was showing signs of fatigue, but he, he played. He, not, he never got injured. You can never go over just because you have a result or a certain result go over. You can have that information. It's important for you to manage the way you will take the player in the day by day, okay? But you can never say a player cannot play because I found out he's in fatigue. Come on, this is ridiculous. Uh, I, most of the players in the Premier League arrive in the, in, 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 in the beginning of the season. If you go now, there are players in fatigue. What are you going to do? You're going to stop them. You need to manage, of course. That's why you rotate players. That's why you, 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 you as a manager, you need to think about all those things. If you have that, that information in your, in your hand, it's good. But uh, uh, don't use it in a way where it becomes um, a rule. Okay, he's in fatigue, we take it out. Like the numbers again on the GPS, he missed some numbers to this session. Let's put him working apart. Come on, what is this? Maybe he missed some numbers. You need to understand why. As a coach, you, you understand if a player is performing or not. Try to understand from the player. And I say, know the individuality. Try to understand from the player why those numbers didn't came up uh, so good. There are teams putting the results after the, the training session to put the results on, uh, on the board in in uh, after the session so you make a competition about uh, who is running more but before you say who is running more is is more important to say if you are running well you know because many times teams who have the the, the most running are the ones that are chasing the ball and the opponent uh, almost doesn't run to have the ball and to just run when they need to run and to do they run to have the ball and to keep the ball and others are running like crazy to get to get uh, to try to get the ball back so numbers don't explain everything and then you can also arrive to the coach and say look our problem is not numbers because we run a lot come on okay you run a lot yes but what that says that uh, just one part of the the different dimensions of the game are important what what we are here speaking about uh, runners athletics uh, or we are speaking about football. So again, I say um, don't justify and to be fair, limit a lot if you just think about it. And I gave you examples before. You know, the emotions are not in the numbers and we are human beings. Football players have emotions. They control everything you do. 
you will perform better if you are in a positive state of mind than if you are in a negative state of mind. And just finally, Rui, what are your own ambitions for the future? Do you want to be a manager in your own right again? I was. Um, so I, I did it. Uh, honestly, when I stopped, the reasons were publicly. I, I, I didn't hide. Uh, it was a very difficult decision for me to stop. It would be, I believe that I, I, I left a job that uh, millions of people would love to be doing. And, um, but, Is that uh, Manchester but, United, sorry? At, at Manchester United in, in 2018. And that so, was to spend time with your family? Too. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, I decided and I did it. And after a while, uh, receiving during the time I stopped, uh, lots of, of invitations to come back and to do it as a, as a manager. Uh, I was refusing because I, I kept my word in the sense of, um, of the reasons why and the reasons were true. So were not something that I, I just used as an excuse to, to stop working with, uh, with Jose. Uh, the reasons were, were that, so all the invitation, I declined the invitations that were coming. And to be fair with you, and I have no problems to say because the teams in question, they know, were some invitations from Premier League, <clears throat> you know, from Championship, from other countries in, in Portugal and, um, and in Europe. And uh, honestly, it was a very important moment for me because I was just stopping from uh, Man United. Like, you know, football doesn't wait for anybody. In, um, in January, I was convinced uh, after some meetings uh, that they were really persistent and uh, I had some curiosity also associated. I went to Qatar for one year until uh, January 2020. So I did one season and just before all this COVID confusion uh, starts, uh, I knew some countries were closing borders. So I, my family was in the UK and I was in Qatar and I, I decided to, to, to break the link and I came and uh, two weeks later, uh, Qatar closed for five months or closed the borders like other countries, you know, so the decision was, was right. After that, the only thing I control about my future is uh, how I prepare myself and, um, and the way I, I, I see football and the way I... I study football and, um, and, and it's something that makes me happy. What is it not in my control doesn't worry me a lot. And um, if I get the chance to have an opportunity to coach, that also suits my, my, my vision and, uh, and my ambitions. Yes, I will do it again with, uh, with full of pleasure and passion. Yeah. Could you work with Mourinho again, do you think? Well, I never thought about it. I don't have an answer for you. I don't. I never thought about it. Uh, what I told Jose because he had assistants in the past that left, and um, and after they they tried to work with him again. Uh, he, he knew because we are um, professionals, confident, and friends, and we are. So uh, I never put that in question. I don't think. Uh, also, we thought about it, and I never thought about it. It's something that I really don't don't um, don't see as a problem. The same way I'm not uh, chasing. So uh, I cannot say never is never. The same way uh, I, I I can say that will happen. You know, uh, but I mix the ideas now. But 
you were an amazing double act, weren't you? No, we worked well, very well. We are really, I think it was, was a very, for me, were fantastic and, and forgettable moments. Uh, I still believe is the best. There are a, a, a number of coaches that are um, at the same level, but I don't think they are better than him. I still believe uh, in him the same way I believed 20 years ago. And uh, for me, it's still the best. But it's for me personally. Uh, it's also, uh, I know how he thinks. I know how he, he, he prepares himself. And I, I, I cannot say other thing than this because it's really what I believe. Then it's me, of course. And uh, again, he's also uh, my friend. And I wish him always the best. And, um, and that is, is, is true. During the time we were together, we, are, we, are, we, are, we did well. And um, we did well. And, uh, and uh, for me, it was really, really impressive and uh, an unforgettable experience. Because in the end, it's a very important part of my life that I had the fortune to be very happy. Yeah. Oh, that's a fantastic way to end, Rui. Thank you. Thanks to you. It's always a pleasure to speak about football. Again, uh, not with the objective to be controversial, is my view on things. People can disagree, but I, I stick with my beliefs because, because it's really what I believe. And I prefer to go in what I believe than in what other people believe. Thank you for listening to the Training Ground Guru podcast in association with Huddle. We'll be back next month with another episode. In the meantime, you can follow our latest updates on the website and on Twitter at ground underscore guru.